I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein. And this is We Had No Idea. The first episode of 2022. Weenie. Weenie. We come to you from McKinsis, and we acknowledge that we get the privilege. Oh, the first one of the year, I messed it up. <laughs> that we get the privilege of living and producing this show on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Tsutsuna Nations, the Iyahe Nakoda Nations, the Metis Nation, Region 3, and all people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. You can find out what native lands you're on by looking at native-land.ca. Our sources for the show today, Life Guide presents The Cold War on YouTube, uh, History.com, and Britannica.com. Well, welcome. Yeah. Welcome to 2022. What a ride. (laughs) Jean-Vievre Sink? Sure. And the Trois-Quatre Sink? Sink. Yeah. (laughs) I can't do it without counting for one. (laughs) I don't know why we went French all of a sudden, but yeah. Yeah. Woohoo! Sometimes you got to do it different. <laughs> uh, thank you, all of you who have uh, followed us into 2022. Remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. Um, and while we are in a new year, I think you can refresh some of those reviews from last year. Um, I'm not saying like a new one, but I think you can just like go in and refresh them and that kind of fools the algorithm. So um, those types of things might help us out a little bit as we try to grow the show in 2022. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you for coming with us into this new year. Uh, It's been exciting. It's been a ride. It's been fantastic. And we're excited to still be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And have a a lot planned for this year. So hoping uh, hoping that it all goes well. We also have an actual plan for this year, which right, feels yes. fantastic. Yeah, I guess I, I should clarify that. I don't know if we have a lot planned. We have a lot more than we did when we started this plan. Um, <laughs> so instead of the, yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, we've, we've now gone into the figuring it out process. So hopefully yeah. this uh, hopefully this all goes well. We can be taught. We can learn. Right, yeah. Look at us. Right. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to episode 35. This is a part a one mm-hmm. Cold War episode. Yeah. Turns out 40 years-ish of history is a lot. <laughs> it turns Especially out. Especially when, you know, we'll learn, we'll, we'll be learned more about the Cold War after this episode and the next one. But uh, it turns out the Cold War was a lot of events. I think you could just stop. The Cold War was a lot. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> yeah, That's no the kidding. Theme. Um, <laughs> no, it, yeah. The, this, well, it, it was funny how often, well, not funny. Um, it was interesting, noteworthy, I suppose, yeah. how often it would come up in other episodes that we did. And then watching the documentary and doing this is like, oh, yeah, we've covered this one already. Cool. Yeah, moving on. Um, like this yeah. this just covers so much in history. So I thought this was, well, we thought that this was a good kind of like 2021 ha- for us has built to this moment where we are now learning about the Cold War, which ties in a few of our episodes. Also, yeah. the rise and fall of the Soviet Union, which uh, you learn about throughout the year last year. I feel like I've learned the most about the USSR and the the rise and fall of the Soviet Union. Right. Out of anybody in 2021, I think I learned the most. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and take that dummy trophy. It's mine. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Should we get this thing going? I think we should. All right. Do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, we will start with where the term Cold War came from. It first appeared in... Fresh is a, cold. A, <laughs> <laughs> in a 1945 essay by English writer George Orwell so called cold. You and the Atomic Bomb. <laughs> um, Freezing. The wind chill is insane. 
Yes, it was really just a battle about which place was colder. Um, Karl Marx took note of economic inequality and wanted communism to be the ideology of choice worldwide. Communism would appear in Russia after failures of the First World War and the Bolshevik Revolution with Lenin at its head, uh, not the Beatle. The Communist Party <laughs> had control of the USSR after the fall of the Russian Empire. Stalin took over from Lenin and had turned the USSR into a superpower, but it came at a massive cost of a around 10 million people, although that was not known to the outside world. Instead, many just saw an economy that survived the Great Depression and fought off resistance from the Nazis. The Russians, Soviets, whatever, allied themselves with the Americans and the Brits. The Soviets, uh, Soviets lost 27 million during the Second World War and had to hold off the Germans basically until Normandy. The U.S. lost about 2% of the amounts that the Russians lost uh, and the economy thrived, which was at the cost of the life of citizens, of course, but those economy numbers look good. So isn't that all that matters? <laughs> As World War II closed, both the USSR and the states were looking to protect themselves. The UN and the World Bank were created, but Stalin didn't want to join the World Bank as it promoted a capitalism. Instead, Stalin wanted to implement pro-Soviet governments across Europe to provide a buffer from the states. Stalin took over what was left of Poland and the Soviets were given what was left of East Germany. Truman told Stalin about the Manhattan Project uh, to intimidate him, but the Russians already knew about it. Truman dropped the bomb on Hiroshima and Fukushima in part to stop Stalin from expanding in Japan uh, and to show the forces that the U.S. had their hands on. After the war, uh, attempts at cooperation basically stopped. Although you, you can hear from there, it's not like they were trying all that hard to begin with. Yeah, cooperation used lightly. Yeah. Uh, the Americans didn't help the Russians in Iran and Turkey. And instead, Truman sent uh, troops to stop them. He then sent troops to Greece to stop Soviet expansionism, thinking that if they stopped Soviet expansion, eventually the issues with communism would be seen. This was a strategy called containment. In his famous long telegram, the diplomat George Kennan? Kennan. So. Kennan? Kennan. 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 George K. Uh, who we left the birth years in for because it's 1904 to 2005. That guy saw some shit, man. Look, that guy ripped to Betty White. That guy has her beat. That's true. Um, He survived two world wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently a 40-year Cold War. Right. Saw the whole thing. Saw the whole thing. Avoided assassination up until 1990. Right. And when it stopped being a thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was this guy eating? Yeah. Because I want some, please. <laughs> I also want to live. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so the diplomat, George Kinnan we've decided explain the policy the soviet union he wrote was a political force committed fanatically to the belief that the u that with the u.s there can be no permanent modus vivendi which is very fancy in latin for agreement between parties that disagree <laughs> as a result america's only choice was the quote long-term patient but firm and vigilant containment of Russian expansive tendencies. It must be the policy of the United States, he declared before Congress in 1947, quote, to support free peoples who are resisting attempted subjugation by outside pressures, end quote. First off, you nailed that. There's a lot in there. Um, There's a lot in there. And my mic is just slightly too high. Oh, sweet. So it's kind of blocking off the top pair. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I could fix my problem, but instead I'm going to complain about it. 
Good for you. The Cold War way. Um, they really took the long-term patient uh, part to heart in the, this whole thing. Oh. Uh, as we will find out. Decades. Yes. Decades of firm but vigilant watching. <laughs> yes. Uh, the containment strategy also provided the rationale for an unprecedented arms buildup in the United States. In 1950, a National Security Council report known as the NSC-68. Totally, totally known as that. Right, yes. They, you said that? I know what that is. Yeah, exactly. The, oh, yeah, the old NSC-68. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Um, it had echoed Truman's recommendations that the country use military force to contain communist expansionism anywhere it seemed to be occurring. With that in mind, the record, uh, sorry, the report called for a four-fold increase in defense spending. Communism was growing around the world and was seen as a threat to the Western world. Several high-profile Russian spies were spotted in the United States, and Senator McCarthy believed that there were spies in the government, so he started McCarthyism, which blacklisted communists in politics and Hollywood. Is this like... And please correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you will. Yep, I usually do. This is like a pendulum swing that we see all the time, right? Like we just end, you know, fascism, World War yeah. II, and we see the pendulum swing. Hey, that was really bad. What if we went, you know, the extreme other way? Yeah. Is is that kind of what this is? Uh, I, I think to a certain extent, yeah. It's just kind of like the, okay, well, we've taken, I don't know, like, because they happen to end up on remarkably different sides of the ideology spectrum. Yeah. Um, it certainly looks that way. I think it's just kind of like, okay, we've just beat this one. Who's next? You know, I think there's a mm. bit of that going on there. Like there, there has to be some other threat. So it's, it's right. them, the, 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 them, them be the threats. Right. Okay. Um, beginning in 1947, the House Un-American Activities Committee, or the HUAC, which on, looks like it, the it. sound that a cat makes when it vomits. Quack. The whack. Uh, brought the whack, brought the Cold War <laughs> home in another way. Whack. The committee began a series of hearings designed to show that communist subversion in the United States was alive and well. In Hollywood, whack, forced hundreds <laughs> of people who worked in the movie industry to renounce left-wing political beliefs and testify against one another. More than 500 people lost their jobs. Many of these blacklisted writers, directors, and actors were unable to work again, hence blacklisted, for more than a decade. Huack also accused Huack, uh, State Department workers of engaging in subversive activities. Mm. Soon, other anti-communist politicians, most notably, again, Senator Joseph McCarthy, expanded this probe to include anyone who worked in the federal government. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The CIA was set up in 1947 to help investigate communism. That's the, like as a whole. That's the sentence. Yeah. We are going to investigate communism. The right. idea of it. We'll Them see if we like it. We'll dip our toes in. <laughs> they won't. Spoiler alert. Yeah. One of their first missions was to stop communists in Italy. They did this by financing non-communist parties and spreading. Oh, my favorite. I can't believe it's come up in 2022. Yeah. Propaganda. Yep. Hell of a drug. Hell of a drug. It works. And the state had an influence on Italian politics for the next 24 years. That was crazy to me. That, yeah. like, all all this talk about Russian interference in um, past elections here, or I guess in the States, yeah. and the, the States have just been meddling, in, and we've, we will talk later about the meddling that they did. Oh. Um, but the, the States were just meddling in all these different ones for years and years and years before that. It's kind of crazy to to think about really oh 100 percent. and it honestly like i know that i've shit on america 
on this podcast, mm-hmm. basically every podcast yep. that we've done. Right. It was weird that you worked it into the Genghis Khan one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it's like, it's it's the shit like this that I'm like, but this is why you suck. Right. Like, this is why you're so annoying. The Marshall Plan was implemented in 1948 to improve the economics of other countries, hoping to promote capitalism to prove that it actually worked. Cool. Um, Stalin refused to let the USSR take anything. Part of this was to boost up Germany, which Stalin wanted to keep weak. France, the United States, and Britain started to isolate East Germany away from... Uh, or sorry, West Germany away from the USSR controlled areas that were surrounding it. I didn't, re- again, I'm learning all of this mm-hmm. on the fly with, with you. I thought that was like kind of ingenious. Like, oh, you guys want to prove that uh, uh, that, that communism works? Well, we're going to show that capitalism works by boosting everyone who's doing it. Yeah, I thought seriously. that was kind of a, a smart way of going about things. Well, it's like there, I mean, we just said that the US is funding anti-communist political groups to get into power or you know the cia is organizing coups of Mm -hmm. communist leaders so that anti-communist leaders can get into other countries like they're meddling the fuck out of this but it's like okay well what if we spent this money though in places that are already doing capitalism right i mean that's what capitalism is Mm -hmm. so free free market baby (laughs) we're gonna give money whoever we want Uh, Stalin set up the Eastern Bloc taking over Czechoslovakia to take away the last non-USSR government. Stalin set up a blockade to keep supplies from getting to Germany. So for the next 15 months, the American government was forced to airlift supplies in. Love will find a way. Yeah. In Asia, a surge of nationalism took over as they lost faith in the States. But in China, a communist win brought together the Chinese and Russian governments bringing the Cold War to Asia. Both China and Russia supported Ho Chi Minh in Vietnam. Korea was divided by the Soviets and the Americans and any talks of reunification stopped, even though both Koreas seemed to be kind of on board with unifying. It's one of the the main takeaway I had from this is how you have the states and the Soviets having this like big thing and how many different places it just branched off to. Totally. And it's all these places having conflicts that like could be communism and capitalism. Yeah. And then the Soviets and the states coming in and being like, nope, that's what they're about. Right. We're here to fucking light the fire. Yeah. It's like the Avengers coming in to stop a bank robbery. It's like, oh, there, there's something, there, evil's going on. This must be I, whoever. This must be Loki who's doing it. Well, let's <laughs> blow this guy up. Uh, it's, oh, no, it's just a couple guys robbing a bank. My bad. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I don't know who I'm calling the Avengers in this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Stalin, encouraged by the win in China, supported North Korea's invasion of South Korea. America thought that would lead to an aggressive communist expansion into Asia, so the Americans fought in the war, with China helping the Soviet side keeping things at a standstill during most of the war that lasted three years. It showed the Americans that communism, though, could be contained. It also confirmed to the United States that there was no need for nuclear weapons, and Truman fired a general or two that were whispering in his ear to use nuclear weapons against the Chinese-backed North Koreans. So that's... An interesting turn in history, and there's mm-hmm. a few of those in this, um, but that that's an interesting turn, how there were people saying, well, we've already nuked one place, like, just nuke those guys, too, and Truman learning that you can win without having to, to drop a nuclear bomb, probably save the planet. Right, or just feeling a little apprehensive about it. Yeah. Not a bad thing. No. That's a really good thing. No, yeah. 
Uh, the Americans had a monopoly on nuclear weapons and suggested anyone who had any or anything like nuclear arms should turn them over to the UN. I don't know why I find that funny. Yeah. Like they're like, okay, we found some contraband here. If any, well, we're going to turn our backs. Yeah. And if anyone else has any contraband, you better give it up and we won't be mad. We promise. You just got to give it up. Right. That's what that feels like to me. Yeah. It's kind of Pablo Escobar building his own prison. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Okay. So if they had anything like nuclear arms, they should turn them over to the UN. The Soviets told them to pound sand and tested a nuclear device. The first H-bomb test in the... And a Wetok Atoll in the Marshall Islands showed just how fearsome the nuclear age could be. It created a 25-square-mile fireball that vaporized an island, blew a huge hole in the ocean floor, and had the power to destroy half of Manhattan, which is very large. Yeah. Subsequent American and Soviet tests spewed radioactive waste into the atmosphere. The Americans announced a super bomb a thousand times stronger than the nuclear bomb. They tested it and the residual effects caused a uh, scientific term here, shit ton of damage. Yes. That was something that was one of the focuses at the uh, memorial that we went to in Mm -hmm. Hiroshima where they were saying like this bad thing happened here and then it kept going and this is... These are the effects of it, and it's horrifying to see. Yes. The always present threat of nuclear annihilation had a great impact on American domestic life. People built bomb shelters in their backyards. They practiced attack drills in school and other public places. I, I understand, like, you never want your response to an issue to be, well, we're screwed anyway, so what are we going to do? They just tested a thing that blew a hole in the ocean floor. Yeah. You think hiding under your desk is going to keep you from being... They wiped out a city in Hiroshima. Vaporized. Yeah. Like just buildings, gone, people, part of concrete now. But you think hiding under a table is going to do Mm. a lick of good. And again, like you can't just be like, I guess we're screwed. But I, I I don't know. I've just, I've always found that... A little interesting. Totally. And maybe a little optimistic. I th- the them, pr- them practicing that? Yeah. Yeah. That's very optimistic. Yeah. It also just makes me feel very scared. I'm like, that could just happen. Right. We'd just be sitting here recording a, a bullshit podcast. Yeah. And I, then that's it. Yeah. I can't imagine what that would have been like, you know, like just no. to, to live with that. Because that, w- that was a very real thing. Um, The, the 90s and fi- 90s and 60s. Holy crap. The 1950s and 60s saw an epidemic of popular films that horrified moviegoers with depictions of nuclear devastation and mutant creatures. In these and other ways, the Cold War was a constant presence in Americans' everyday lives. Much like how masks and quarantine being mentioned in cinema and songs will permeate our memories of the last two years, we can look at pop culture from this time and see that it was on everyone's mind like it's just always there and yeah. it's i mean not an exact comparison w- with w- what's going on with covid right now mm-hmm. and that but it's just it's this thing that you have no control over and you want to try to control it as much as you can but it's it's a thing that's in the air totally uh eisenhower a war hero is now in charge of the u.s he is president from 1953 to 61 and was much more aggressive about threatening nuclear weapons uh when he does not run for... Can he run for a third term at this point? No. It's always been a rule that it's two terms. I believe so. Okay. So anyways, he can't run for a third term. The next 
uh, president is JFK. The only war plan he leaves him is to just nuke every communist country. So just like a pretty well thought out and multifaceted plan. Yeah. Uh, In 1955, the United States and other members of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, made West Germany a member of NATO and permitted it to remilitarize. Remilitarize seems like a much more difficult word than it looks like. Mm Mm-hmm. Stalin died and Khrushchev takes over in 1953 in Russia and the Soviet Union. Yep. He responded with the Warsaw Pact, a mutual defense organization between, here we go, the Soviet Union, Albania, Poland, Romania, Hungary, East Germany, Czechoslovakia, and Bulgaria. We didn't sign the <laughs> That set up a unified military command under Marshal Ivan S. Konev of the Soviet Union. This just directly counteracted NATO. It's just like anything you can do, I can do better. Oh, you're going to start an international treaty organization? Well, we're going to start one. It's going to be called the Warsaw Pact. Annoying. Annoying. Yeah. The secret police were brought in under the KGB to manage internal security and investigate things abroad. You have a CIA? We're going to have a CIA. We and have we're gonna CIA call, too. We're, we're going to call it something that sounds more intimidating in the KGB. <laughs> it does. You're right. Khrushchev wanted to implement de-Stalinization, tearing down Stalin statues, granting greater autonomy to satellite countries. Hold on. Can I stop you here? Yeah. I saw de-Stalinization in our notes and yep. I was like, oh, but how cool would it be if he had tried de Alanization, and we could drink ocean water. <laughs> Look, if we just put our minds together, we could do great things. Yeah. <laughs> instead, okay, go on, go on. instead, he was staring down statues yeah. um, and, again, giving greater autonomy to satellite countries. Poland got more power. Hungary wanted to leave the, the Warsaw Pact, become neutral, and appeal to the UN, so Khrushchev killed 20,000 of them and squashed all of the riots. He would continue to advance the nuclear arsenal. They launched the first ICBM, first as a bomb, and then launched Sputnik into space, causing the Americans to create NASA. On October 4th, 1957, a Soviet R-7 intercontinental ballistic missile launched Sputnik, Russian for traveling companion. Cute. Sputnik is kind of a cute name. Sputnik is so cute. Like, could you imagine being intimidated by something called Sputnik? No. The world's first artificial satellite and the first man-made object to be placed into the Earth's orbit. Sputnik launch, uh, Sputnik's launch came as a surprise and not an overly pleasant one to the United States. In America, space was seen as the next frontier, the logical extension of the grand tradition of American um, exploration. And it was kind of high on their to-do list to not lose too much ground to the Soviets. In addition to this demonstration of overwhelming power of the R-7 missile, seemingly capable of delivering a nuclear warhead into the United States airspace, made gathering intelligence about Soviet military activities particularly urgent. Mm -hmm. So they were like, well, if they can shoot something into space, they could shoot something into here too, and that would be uh, very much a problem. Totally. Uh, In 1958, the U.S. launched its own satellite, Explorer 1, designed by the U.S. Army, and what became known as the Space Race was underway. That same year, Eisenhower signed a public order creating the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA. It is born 1958. Mm -hmm. A federal agency dedicated... Sorry, can we put like trumpets or something behind me? A federal agency dedicated to space exploration, as well as several programs seeking to exploit the military potential of space. (laughs) 
Still, the Soviets were one step ahead, launching the first man into space in April 1961. It was just in a big cannon. Just <laughs> <laughs> Catapult style. <laughs> yeah. They just, they, they used that hole that was put into the ocean floor and they used like that more depth to launch him even further up. Yeah. <laughs> that May, after Alan Shepard became the first American man in space, President John F. Kennedy made the bold public claim that the United States would land a man on the moon by the end of the decade. That prediction ended up uh, becoming true, although he didn't get a chance to see it, Rip. on July 20th, 1969, when Neil Armstrong of NASA's Apollo 11 mission became the first man to set foot on the moon, effectively winning the space race for the United States. States, allegedly. Mm. Uh, <laughs> U.S. astronauts came to be seen as the ultimate American heroes. Soviets, in turn, were pictured as the ultimate villains with their massive, relentless efforts to surpass the United States and prove the power of their communist system. And that shows up in every bit of pop culture ever for the United States for like 30 years. Oh, 100%. It's never depicted as the massive pissing contest that it was yeah. and always is. America will beat the Soviets. Yeah. And maybe that's just because of where we live, that we have that media. I would love to see other media. Oh, man. I, I would imagine it's the exact same. The conquering Russians with the, the, the puny Americans and all that. Yeah. and That propaganda. Yeah, like, Give me that drug. Yeah. Um, but no, just from <laughs> like the, not that I, um, from a lot from the 60s, but even like at 1991, um, you, you would see the Russian wrestling tag team request yeah. that you all stand at attention so we could sing the Russian national anthem. Quick note on that. Had nothing to do with anything. It just reminds me of it. Yeah. They tried to do that gimmick in Japan in the uh, the, the kind of late 2010s. Yeah. And Japanese people were so respectful. They were like, oh, yeah, no, we'll stand and listen to you sing your anthem. Yeah, oh no, that, that seems to make sense. In the, in the States and to a certain degree in Canada as well, people would be booing and then Hulk Hogan would come out and interrupt midway through and it would be a huge cheer. And uh, But in Japan, they were like, oh, no, 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 by all means, go ahead. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll stand. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's really great. Yeah. That makes me think, honestly, even now I'm thinking about wrestling. Weird. Okay. Uh, that makes me think of Rusev. And yes. he was always a villain. Yep. It's because he was from not here. Mm -hmm. From not and then, the Americas. And then when the, now we're getting real deep into wrestling. Okay, uh, but When the, the Rusev Day stuff starts and he starts to become a bit more popular, uh, there, there isn't a whole lot of, like the, the Russian flag all of a sudden gets removed from things that he is doing. Yeah. And... Um, like that there isn't a whole lot of references to where he is from or anything like that. It's, it's a, a subtle twist, but a, an interesting one. Totally. And he, when the Rusev day stuff started, yeah, I think that he starts to get counteracted by USA, USA chance more and more. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just crazy. And also his wife loses works. the Russian accent, which there's that as well. Yeah. Very odd. Yes. Um, but yeah, all of that to say, this is something that just, like I said before, it just spiders into everything. And this is where yes. part one is going to come to a pause and we'll get into it in part two. But even just here in part one, like NASA, th this just globally recognized thing yeah. and a, a man going on the moon, th this amazing achievement of human innovation, if you believe that it happened. Totally all, it all comes because of this. Yes, I believe it happened too. Okay, 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 okay. Um, all, all comes... From this, right? All, all comes from the, this giant pissing contest with mm -hmm. the Russians. And like nuclear, some of these nuclear tests come 
from this pissing contest with the Russians and conflict in North Korea. We're already seeing things going on in China. We're already seeing all of it ties back in to mm-hmm. this thing. Like it, it really meddling is. with diplomats in Italy. Like, yeah, it really is. It kind of feels like anyway, the defining thing of this era of the like 40 year stretch, like of, yeah. uh, unfortunately some people's entire lifetimes yeah. spent in the cold war. Yeah. Just wild. So, yeah. Yeah, this is where part one will end for now because this there was just so much to talk about with this. There's so many events that make up this Cold War Yeah, uh, that we couldn't possibly deliver it to you in one episode. Right. And full disclosure, it's getting late here while we're recording this. We want to go to bed. <laughs> Keep our secrets. <laughs> this is a portable on-demand cast. Right, yes. <laughs> so thank you uh, for coming along with us. We will talk to you for part two next week. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can. We had no idea podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Instagram at we had no idea podcast. All right. That's it. Okay. Talk to you all next week. Uh, bye bye. <laughs>